that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm your host, John Viola, and we've got a very special episode lined up for you today. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, which means in many parts of this great country of ours, today is Election Day. And for those of you that are longtime listeners, you know that here at the Italian American Podcast, we really want to present a variety of different shows. Sometimes our goal is to entertain, sometimes our goal is to inform and educate, and sometimes on days like today, We see ourselves, as Pat would say, as something akin to the Italian-American NPR. Our goal is to hopefully provide a little bit of a public service, or as close as we can get to providing a public service in a a dispassionate way. And so the topic today, obviously, because it's Election Day, is one that we cooked up over the course of our planning meetings and scheduling out where we were going to go for the year. And as we saw that this episode would be released on Election Day, we decided it might be an opportunity for us to try to utilize the Italian-American lens, which we're constantly looking through, to take a different approach to a topic that is probably one of the more sensitive ones out there in the country right now, which is politics and the legislature and how our government works. So we thought it would be really appropriate for us to sit down with the bipartisan co-chairs of the Italian-American congressional delegation. So obviously scheduling time to interview any members of Congress is a bit of a headache, and we have to give a big shout-out to our associate producer, Stephanie Longo, for putting this whole thing together. Needless to say, she worked tirelessly to coordinate everything, and last week, Pat and I got to spend about a half an hour each with Congressman Bill Pascrell from New Jersey's 8th District and Congressman Mark Amaday from Nevada's 2nd District, and they are respectively the Democrat and Republican co-chairs of the Italian-American Congressional Delegation. So for those of you who are unaware... In Congress, there are multiple delegations and caucuses and self-identification groupings that members of both parties, in some cases, can join around an issue or, in this case, around a shared ethnicity. So the Italian-American Congressional Delegation is a grouping of 38 members, which is bicameral, meaning it has membership from both the Senate and the House of Representatives, and bipartisan, meaning Republicans and Democrats participate together in this self-identified delegation. The 38 members of Congress that make up the Italian-American Congressional Delegation are all men and women with roots in Italy. So membership in the delegation is really based on shared heritage. There's also the Italian-American Congressional Caucus, which is about 150 associate members who either care about issues for the Italian-American community because they represent a contingent of Italian-Americans within their district, or they have reasons to pay attention to Italy-U.S. bilateral relationships, or they simply feel passionate about some of the work uh, around the Italian-American community and and Italy-U.S. relations. So that membership is a lot broader, and it's, again, from both sides of the aisle, from both chambers of the Senate and the House, but it's it's a bit of a broader grouping. But for today, we're really here to talk about the Italian-American congressional delegation. And look, we understand that this is a really unique time in American political history, it's a really unique time in American social history, and there are some people that just can't really stand listening to this stuff. They can't stand the news, they can't stand the politicking, they can't stand the divisiveness, frankly, that's going on in the country. And we broach with both of these members uh, this exact topic. As a matter of fact, we speak to both of them at length 
about the idea that right now, at least when we recorded, if you took a look that day at the congressional approval rating, the disapproved rating was somewhere in the mid 60 percent. I think it was 62 to 66 percent when we checked in right before our interview started. And for us, the idea that we might be able to provide much like I think from my time in Washington, the congressional delegation does provide a little bit of breathing space to discuss issues in a way that sort of feels safe because of a shared heritage that everybody has brought with them to the table. So we certainly understand that there's a lot of people who don't want to discuss this stuff. And we always work really hard to make the Italian American podcast a place for all Italian Americans, no matter what you believe, what you agree on, disagree on, what your politics are. We want everybody from left, right, and center to feel good and comfortable about coming to our platform to learn about your heritage, because that's really what it's all about. But hopefully, if you're a longtime listener or this is your first time stumbling on the Italian-American podcast, you'll stick with us through the end because we do really work hard to give both sides an opportunity to speak. And frankly, we found in these interviews that Pat and I did, the members are speaking about politics in a much different way when they're speaking about it through the lens of their Italian-American heritage and through the relationships that they build based on that shared heritage. So I think you'll be in for a pleasant surprise because in a time when it seems like nobody wants to reach across the aisle and work together, here is a small collection of Italian-Americans who are at their best moments trying very hard to do that. And that's a little bit refreshing, frankly, to see that kind of nonpartisanship in today's political climate. Just to give everybody a sense of how we went about this, like I say, it was really hard to coordinate times, and so we were able to scatter these interviews where we had a half an hour with Congressman Amadei, followed by a half an hour with Congressman Pesquerel. And so our initial idea was to sort of ask them similar questions and then group it all together. But in the end, as we sat down to edit this, it sort of felt more natural and more useful if we presented basically the entirety of the individual interviews one after the other, just like they were recorded. The only thing that we decided to move around were the parts of the interviews where we spoke about House Resolution 5473, which was put forth in the beginning of September of this year to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. We felt that having both members on the record about this topic would make a nice way to close off the episode and sort of give everybody an insight into what is, for better or worse, a very pertinent issue to the Italian-American community today. And, and to acknowledge that there are people both in Congress and people in the audience who are on both sides of this issue. So I hate the idea that we even have to ask for patience when it comes to this kind of conversation, but unfortunately that's the climate we're living in. And so we'd ask you for patience to kind of sit through what we think are two very interesting interviews with two very dedicated Italian-Americans and uh, hopefully concludes with a brief conversation about a topic that is obviously newsworthy and important to a vast segment of the Italian-American population on either side of the issue. So hopefully, if you live in one of those states where today represents an important election, you've gone out, you've voted, you've done your civic duty, and now you can sit back, hopefully on the way back from the polls perhaps, and listen to these interviews and this episode that we've worked really hard to bring some balance to. So we're going to start, as I mentioned, with Congressman Mark Amaday, who is, as I said, the Republican co-chair of the delegation, He's been in Congress since 2011, and he has been, since 2018, the Republican co-chair of the Italian-American congressional delegation after Congressman Pat Tiberi retired from the House of Representatives. Then after that, we're going to sit down with Congressman Bill Pascrell, the Democratic co-chair. He is representative of New Jersey's 8th District and has been for 25 years, since 1997, 
And Congressman Pascrell, I can tell you from my time in D.C., is a legend among legends, particularly for people from New Jersey and someone who I developed a great rapport with over my six years in Washington. So it's nice to get a chance to reconnect and talk about really what our congressional delegation can do to combat this sense of partisanship that's going on in Washington right now. And while we were planning on cutting these up even more, the conversations both kind of flowed naturally, and I felt that it would be a good opportunity to sort of lay them out as they are and give you not just a sense of the work that's being done by the Italian-American congressional delegation, but also a sense of the people behind it and these two figures who do dedicate a lot of their time and attention to Italian-American issues. And honestly, it's illustrative of the point around nonpartisanship in this delegation that I'm going to even leave in the transition between the two because it, it worked out that they... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So do you guys have a minute for me to just tell a quick story that's related to the caucus? Yeah, please. Absolutely. Okay, so so listen, let's go back about five years ago. Matteo Renzi was the prime minister of Italy. And I get this notice in the thing saying, um, hey, the, the, the prime minister of Italy is coming to this solar geothermal plant in the middle of nowhere, Nevada. And I'm going, that can't be right. I mean, I go, you know, the prime minister, that's like the president of the country, right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. This is some crank thing or something like that. And so I got a group of renewable energy folks. There's somebody from Enel, um, and, and there's a couple other ones. And so the Enel guy is speaking with a with an Italian accent. And I go, hey, I got this thing that, that says the prime minister's coming to Stillwater, Nevada. And I and he goes, yeah, yeah, he's coming there. I go, that's I'm calling BS on that. There's no way in front of all these guys. He goes, no, no, it's true. Long story short, Pat Tberry, your friend, is going. I don't really think you're Italian. You must be Austrian or something like that. Blah blah blah. The Prime Minister of Italy and and the First Lady land at Naval Air Station Fallon. Drive the 15 miles to Stillwater, tour this whole thing. It's a huge deal. The governor's there. I'm there. I get to welcome the prime minister and, you know, blah, 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 and all this. And he tells everybody, saying, Amadea is a very Italian name. And so he's my favorite guy, right? I come back to Congress after that thing, and I'm sitting there with Pat T. Berry, uh, Tom Marino, Jim uh, Renacci, Lou Barletta, the whole crowd, you know, and, and so... T-Berry starts in on me about, you're not really Italian. And I go, hey, I don't know what you guys did during the week constituent work period, but, but I had a chance to have a little chat with the prime minister of Italy who was in my district, along with the first lady, whatever. And we were able to talk for about 15, 20 minutes. I says, you know what? None of your guys' names came up. Did he stop by any of your districts during that week? That is the ultimate Italian credential. Yeah. That is, tu non sai chi sono io. Yeah. You have no idea who I am. That is the greatest. <laughs> you have no idea growing up in New Jersey that you have passed the Italian witness test. You could have one-tenth of a drop of Italian blood, but the reaction is, ah, you don't realize who was at my house. Yeah. <laughs> that is the gold star of Italian, of Italian identity. Absolutely. He used to bring great gifts. Did you get the silver fountain pen from him? 
No, you, you know, just him. I'll tell you what he did is he was hat shopping. He was cowboy hat shopping. <laughs> the, the guy from Reno brought his whole store out there and set it up. So he was trying on hats in a tent out there wanting to be John Wayne, I think. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see Matteo Renzi looking for cowboy hats. The reason I bring it up, when he was mayor of Florence, he spent time in the United States. And his diplomatic gift were these beautiful sterling silver fountain pens that were made in Florence. And I knew somebody who got one who was in American politics. He goes, ah, what am I going to do with this? I don't write with these pens. I was like, that's a sterling silver fountain pen. Give it to me. I'll take it. I just, I guess when he became prime minister, that he no longer gave away the Florentine pens. But he must have cut down. He must have cut down. I was just happy that they pronounced the name and told everybody there that that was a very Italian name. And so that and the, I have a picture of a of a wine bar, I think it's called in Rome, that's named Amade. Oh, wow. Spelled the exact same way and whatever. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm like, hey, even though I'm uh, I'm kind of blonde and don't look at all uh, Italian, at least as far as from the south. By God, I'm a proud Italian-American, despite what Pat Tiberi said. <laughs> no, nah, Pat T. Berry has nothing on you. The fact that your gut reaction was uh, to throw in I got to let Congressman Pesquerel in. He's calling in. Oh, he's coming in? Yeah. Hello? Hello? This is Bill Pesquerel. Hi, Congressman. This is John Viola. John, great to hear your voice. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for coming on. Bill, this is your cousin, Mark Amaday, from the northern part of the uh, country. I was just assuring these guys that despite the fact of a uh, definite loss of vowels in your name, that you have assured me that you are 100% Italian. I got to go, so give him heck, cousin. Up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Congressman Amaday. We appreciate it. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you, guys. We'll see you Thank later. You. You've been a great partner. God bless you. Congressman, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. I know it's busy. Oh, this is nut country. Yeah, you, you're not kidding. You're, I give you a lot of credit. And I want you to know, Pat, my co-host here, is a, a constituent of yours. Yes, I'm from North Arlington. You are my congressman. North Arlington. All right. Yes. The Alabama of Bergen County. That's one of my towns, Patrick. Patrick, oh boy, what the hell are you doing on the phone? <laughs> my father's Irish off the boat. What can I tell you? <laughs> Good to hear your voice, Patrick. Thank you very much. That's a great leading question. Congressman, I got to ask you, where is your family from in Italy? Caserta. Oh, they're from Caserta. Yeah. I got to tell you a funny story about that if you're interested. Absolutely. <laughs> always. The last time that uh, we were in the, the Ripon Society, always in votes, even though they're a Republican organization, I usually go with them on their trips, whether it's to Europe or wherever it is, Asia. And it's in the summertime where we can get away. Uh, and we went to Italy about four years ago. And you're allowed to bring your spouse. And uh, we had a great time. Busy every day. We got meetings and, and uh, classes. And so we're coming back from one day. We're coming back to our hotel. We're walking back. We heard that there was a big demonstration going on uh, in uh, Rome because that's where we were. And uh, about 50,000 labor people were marching uh, and all different organizations. Belonged to us. So we're walking back. And sure enough, we walked into the demonstration 
and the parade. There was a parade going on. And so from a distance, I could see that one of the groups is coming is from Caserta. I said to my wife, you go ahead to the hotel. She didn't want to see the parade. Go ahead to the hotel. I'm going to stay, watch a little bit, and then I'll come. I'll be behind you in like half an hour the most. So the parade is coming by, and I see Caserta. So I want to reach out because I was there just a couple of years before that. See who's there. So I go in there. I march in the war with the people from Caserta. There had to be at least three, four hundred from Caserta. And I'm marching along, and all of a sudden, this guy comes running up to me who was from the group, from the Ripon side, and said, I hate to tell you, uh, Congressman, but do you know who you're marching with? I said, yeah, these are people from uh, my home hometown uh, here in, uh, in Caserta, Italy, which is, you know, south of where we were in Rome, of course. He says, well, I hate to tell you, but you're walking with the Caserta Communist Party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the guy from OG took my picture. <laughs> oh my God! You never know in Italy. You never know. <laughs> you, never know. Oh, you never know in Italy. Communism comes in a much nicer package in Italy, I think. <laughs> I spent six years in in DC at, as the president of NIAF, and I, I got to know you, and always just found you amazingly welcoming and very uh, accessible and, and appreciate it. And as I was leaving probably about four years ago, as I was coming back to New York, somebody from Congress told me that story in a, in a different version, told me, I guess somebody was there yeah. and looking for you and found out that you had been marching with the communists in the parade. <laughs> and I had been waiting for four years to ask you about that. So that was on my list. I said, have to ask him about marching with the communists. Really? So, yeah. So that's, I love that story. It's one of my favorite stories about the delegation. You know, Italians got to be everywhere. Italians got to be <laughs> everywhere. And they find out they were in the wrong line. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, it's the history of our lives. It's true. It's, it's our curiosity, our adventurous uh, spirit. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, I couldn't stop laughing when it happened. People were wondering, you know, how come he's laughing? He's walking with them. Because there are all kinds of groups in this parade. Yeah. It was just a fascinating experience. Congressman, do you want to know what your greatest moment was in office? I don't know if you realize it, but I'm going to tell you. You gave a speech at the Santa Croce Camarina Club in Hawthorne about 10 or 12 years ago. Hawthorne, New Jersey. Yes, and I was there with somebody from Delaware, an Italian-American Democratic politician from Delaware. You're right. And you used the word Chetrul in your speech. Yeah. And he turned to me and he goes, did he just say Chetrul? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, welcome to North Jersey. <laughs> so my, my proudest moment as an Italian-American, I said, even our congressmen use words like Chitrul. So for that, on behalf of your Italian-American constituents, I want to thank you. Oh, that's and therefore, I expressed my education. <laughs> you know your people. That's right. Now, did you grow up in Patterson? I've lived there all my life to this moment. I haven't moved out. Like most of the other Italians moved out. I stayed. Wow. Tell us what it was like growing up as an Italian kid in Patterson. Oh, my God. Uh, I worshipped my grandmother and grandfather. Uh, I love. I can't tell you how much I love them. And they took care of me when, whenever my mom had to drop me off someplace. They dropped me off on 23rd Avenue in Patterson, where Route 80 goes through now. And... Uh, I used to sit in the sun parlor. Remember, we had sun parlors in those days <laughs> and looked out at the traffic going by. And, 
you know, they fed me. They, I, I learned their values, but just like my mom and dad. And uh, I was very close to them. My grandmother was very hard on me. She did not like the idea when I would say, Grandma, how come mom can't cook as good as you? <laughs> oh, that used to drive her nuts. Don't ever say that to me again or let anyone hear you. Your mother's a good cook. I said, maybe she's been cooking for you. She's not a good cook for me. And I love my mother. I swear to <laughs> And I remember an experience when I went into the service, I went into the Army. I was on KP the third day I was there, typical Pascal fashion. And uh, I, the cook, the head chef called me and he said, I'm going to make some special foods today, you know, for the people who are going to, the, the soldiers there that were going to eat. He said, so this was in Fort Dix, New Jersey, where I got my boot camp. And he said, uh, what would you like to eat? He says, I'm going to be making my specialty is liver. <laughs> I said, I hate liver. My mother made liver like it was a hockey puck. I never <laughs> want to go near the blood thing. Let me get on something else. <laughs> So no, I'm going to make it like they've never had it before. And the damn thing was so good and so tender. I couldn't wait to get home that weekend to tell my mother that I had eaten liver. She went nuts. That I, I ate liver in the army. I wouldn't eat it at all. <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing how much we're driven by our stomachs. It's what unites as a people. Yeah, yeah. And my grandfather came here in the early first decade of the 20th century from Italy to make a, to make a, a, a home, uh, a place, a location for my grandmother. And she came after he built this huge house. He was a carpenter. He came here with nothing but, a, you know, what was on his back, like so many immigrants today. And for those people uh, who condemn immigrants, make us try to be suspicious of immigrants, depending upon where they come, came from, of course. I say to hell with you. You are a disgrace to the United States of America. Go live in Russia. Go live in communist China, and you'll, you'll be better off. And I, I am so proud of what my grandmother and grandfather did and their humbleness. And I hope some of it spread to me. Uh, I couldn't wait to get my grandmother and grandfather's. It was not a boring episode of my life. It was always exciting. I'd watch my grandfather make wine in the basement. My grandmother make uh, on the first floor would be making pasta. She'd be making all kinds of meats. I mean, I look forward to doing that. I look forward to doing that. Yeah. I didn't have to hang out on a corner. I hung out on corners. <laughs> but, <laughs> You know, where I live, not where they live. I just love doing things with them. Yeah, that's a big part of our story. And, and like we were talking to Congressman Amadei about this, right? Italian-Americans, every time we poll them, we find a community that's pretty much about a third liberal, a third conservative, and a third independent moderate. And a really a community that very much votes along issues and, and cares about things in an individual way. So this, you can't really peg Italian-Americans is kind of like, oh, this, this is just a, you know, a community that's all one way. And I think that the things that do unite us, even though we have all these differences, is our respect for and appreciation of family, our respect for and appreciation of the hard work that went into this experience. You don't meet many Italian-Americans who 
don't have somebody who struggled at the root of their immigrant story, right? So the, right. these these are the kind of issues that bind us. And we were talking about the work of the congressional delegation and how, you know, look, let's be realistic, right? You've been on the Hill for 24 years. 25. 25 years. I don't know how the, you know, congressional approval rating has changed over that time, but it, it's not a time right now where the country feels great about its government. You're right. But I've always felt really positive about my experiences in the Italian American congressional delegation, because here you have a bipartisan bicameral group. Yeah. But you really do get together and build real relationships. And and it seems like sometimes it actually then impacts legislation and the ability to go to one another. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, the, the Italians are the last ones to leave a city. Yeah. The Italians are the last ones. They're still neighborhoods. They're still pockets. Because Italians reach out to other people. You got to read the history of what happened down in Louisiana, where the Italians worked very, very close with the uh, with the black Americans. They got to be friends. They lived with each other in terms of uh, neighborhoods. And then uh, the Italians were slaughtered one day because they were close to the blacks. Yeah. And very, very few people hear that, sir, just like the what went on in Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. where white folks just one day decided to kill black people. Yeah. And they burned the town down and killed a lot of African-Americans for no reason. They, they were not in any manner, shape, or form in any trouble. They just killed them because they were there. So that's why history and learning is so important. Because, you know, I tell groups that have just come into this country the last 20 years, like Palestinians and Somalians, uh, like people from Korea, uh, regardless of which continent they came from. I said, don't think that you're the only ones that have to fight your way to the dinner table of America. Because this is what Italians went through. This is what Germans went through. This is what the Irish went through, the Polish people. You think it was a picnic? Yeah. And I start to tell the stories about what happened. You know, Irish need not apply. Italians need not apply. We don't want to know history because it'll make us feel guilty and, and that we have to in, get beyond our fears and our prejudices. And this is what I appreciate most about the Italians. You know, let me tell you, there are some Italian bigots that are the biggest bigots in the world. Yeah. For the most part, it's the Italians that stood up to prejudice in this country. And I am proud to be an Italian-American, and I'm proud to know people like you guys and gals. You've done it in many charitable ways. You've done it by educating people about values. And I'm so proud of you guys. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope I've been a help and not a hindrance. You've been amazing and you've been a great leader of the delegation. You know, as you as you look back on your career and you look at a time right now where partisanship is so rampant and identity politics so really exploitative, where do you find hope for the country, for our government, for the whole society moving forward? What what makes you hopeful? Immigrants. Yeah. Immigrants, people still want to come here. This is the greatest country in the world. That's why they want to come here. And they figure, look, not everybody's going to have a big house on a hill. But 
we probably aren't going to find a better place that have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. This is a land of opportunity. And when we forget where we came from, we forget who we are and our nation would be doomed. So you cannot forget your past, respect your relatives and your ancestry. You know, my, my I, I asked my father so many times, hey, dad, what did your the folks in Italy, what did, kind of professions that they have in your film? He says, look, he says, I would suggest to you that you don't look back on your ancestry. Hmm. I never figured why he said that. Figure what are they part of the mafia or something? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. I found out that my family, many of whom were pirates on the size on the high seas. <laughs> <laughs> that, wow. You don't, you don't get that. Is that, is that wow. is that a profession that leads into Congress? Is that how it works? <laughs> I fit true. right in, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you gotta be a little bit of a swashbuckler these days in the halls of Congress for sure. Yeah. But you make a great point. You know, for me, like I whenever we talk about the U.S. versus China and this, you know, this global competition. And whenever we get into a point where it seems like particularly because I think the media sells well on these kind of stories, you know, this this doom and gloom around the, the end of the American dream. I take a lot of hope from, like you said, the idea that, you know, people vote with their feet. Right. And people are still coming here and they're coming here more than they come anywhere else because, yeah, it's not a perfect country but it's still the greatest country. And we have people fighting every day, whether the media tells us or not, to make it always a better country. That's what this experiment is, you know? Right, right. We can't be stagnant. No. We gotta move on, move forward, because we cannot stand on the past. We, we learn from the past and we grow, but we gotta move forward all the time. This November, we're thankful for family, friends, and our connection to Italy. Come together as a family this season and enjoy the variety of top-notch entertainment and news programming Media Set Italia has to offer, including new limited drama series Luce dei Tuoi Occhi, about a mother on a quest to learn the truth about her daughter, reality series Amici and Grande Fratello V, whose twists and turns will keep you glued to your TVs all winter plus hard-hitting and thought-provoking news and magazine programs covering both Italian and world issues. Call your local television provider and ask for Mediaset Italia. And add some Italian-American flair to your feed on Instagram by following us at Mediaset Italia USA. Now, as our longtime listeners can probably guess, a conversation with two New Jersey Italians, a lot to talk about. So I wanted to cut in here and go back to part of our conversation with Congressman Amade. And then the conclusion of our conversation with Congressman Pascrell, where we get to address this House resolution on Columbus Day. I think it's important. I think there's a lot of people who are curious about it, and I think it's going to be impactful for the Italian-American community going forward, no matter what you believe. So if we can, we're going to go back uh, a bit in our conversation with Congressman Amade, and then we'll bring back Congressman Pascrell for our conclusions. Can we talk a little bit about the current resolution that's on the table H.R. 5473 to replace Columbus Day, because when you talk about a community that's not a political block like the Italian-American community, and when you talk about a community that that has varied opinions, even on the holiday of Columbus Day, 
I know there's a, a good portion of the community right now that is fighting for its preservation. And this bill that was put forth at the end of September obviously would replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. And I, I'm not coming down on one side of the aisle or the other on this. I just kind of, for our listeners, want to have them understand what that means and what that means to the members of Congress, particularly in our delegation, because there are four, I think, four members of the delegation who are co-sponsors on this. Where do you see this going? And do you think the Italian-American community might be overlooked because it's not a voting block? Well, you know, that's a, that's an interesting question in terms of what the climate is here in D.C. at the moment and has been for a while. So I'll take a stab at it this way. You know, if, if somebody wants an Indigenous People's Day or something like that, it's like, that's fine. But the hard part comes this way. So it's like you, you want to repudiate, basically, like you said, there, there's a bunch of Italian folks who are very proud of their heritage, and regardless of what path they took. And, and so it, it almost feels like it, it, the way it's postured now is a repudiation of Italian heritage in the country. And it wasn't just Christopher Columbus that was about Italian heritage. There's been a lot of Italian heritage in this country since 1492, fellas. And quite frankly, Italian-Americans from all walks are justifiably proud of that. And I think they should be just as proud of their heritage, you know, in the last 500 or whatever years it is, as other ethnic groups are. And so the fact that you want to basically get rid of Columbus Day is seen by many Italians as, hey, we're proud of our contributions to this country. We think they far outweigh the indiscretions of a few or, you know, looking backwards in 2020 hindsight on some things. And so the need, quote unquote, to basically repudiate Italian Americans through Columbus is just something that it's like, you know, what's the upside? What am I missing here? I, I don't see what the gain is other than, you know, it's like, well, now that we got rid of that. But, but I mean, we've seen tremendous amounts of confusion and blowback and no gain from repudiating um, a, a lot of things that are related to our founding fathers. And, and you're like, you know what? I just see it as looking for looking for vindication, which isn't going to come regardless of what the name on that is. And by the way, if you want to talk about Italian-Americans, there's a heck of a lot of great stories, like with most ethnic groups, that far outweigh whatever the, the negatives are if you want to take one specific instance and try to elevate that to staining the, the whole culture. Do you think that the Italian-American congressional delegation will activate around this Columbus Day issue? Yeah, I, I think they will. Just because it, it, I think the bottom line is, listen, nobody's trying to insult or disrespect anybody. This is a, a, Italian-American heritage is a basis for people to be proud and not, you know, in, in an insensitive way. And basically, if you take that away, it's like, well, there's nothing left, you know? Not that anybody's keeping score on those things, but it's, it's one of those things where you're like, the, the upside is a negative. So what the heck, you know? That's been a big thing for me is like separating out the American general perspective on this issue of Columbus Day and then the Italian-American perspective. And from an American perspective, myself personally, I, I think we have to protect and preserve our founding fathers and Columbus amongst them, because I think it's a big part of what makes this country, the good, the bad, the ugly, 
is what makes this country and this experiment great. But at the same time, then I have to put on the Italian American hat and say, well, if it's a binary thing, you're taking away the only day we have, you know, and then that that has to be addressed from a community perspective. And I, and I think it's hard for people to do that sometimes. Can I say something about that? Yeah. No, but thank you for asking. <laughs> oh, thank you, Congressman. Thank you. I think that um, lots of Americans, lots of ethnic groups in the U.S. no longer have a sense of them. And I think they can't understand why we still do. Yeah. And I think so. They don't have a holiday. They don't care. They, have a, they don't identify ethnically. So I think that it's very hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around. Why do these people care so much about this? You know, why do these self-proclaimed Italian-Americans get all worked up about around a holiday and a parade? Like, isn't that kind of stupid in the 21st century? I think that's an issue that we don't realize. Because once you get out of these major metropolitan ethnic areas around the country, I think in suburban America, it's already a post-ethnic world. It's a very good point. Let me tell you something about my neighborhood, because it's not major metropolitan area or whatever, but there's a there's a significant Italian-American population around there, as, as we covered earlier. And let me tell you what, I'm 63. So when I tell you that the older Italian-American guys, I mean, I'm going a ways with older, you know, because I'm not one of the older guys yet, at least in my own mind. But you get folks that are, uh, you know, that are older Italian-Americans north of 63 and when this comes up, they feel very, very strongly. And they're not people who immigrated. Usually they're, they're people whose parents immigrated or whatever, but it's like, listen, they're very, very enthusiastic and proud of their day and they want it and they want to keep it. I think you make a great point. I think it's, I think, I do think there's a generational gap here forming around any of these kind of things, because I think that ethnicity, people are coming to it later in life now. I think it's a lot has to do with the schooling in the neighborhood because you now have kids who are growing up not I'm 46. And I've said this to my friends. We're the last ethnic um, generation. Yeah. In the sense that when I went to school, everybody was a Polish or Polish and Irish or something or, you know, Italian or Italian and Ukrainian. But everybody had defined ethnicities that went back to some European country. And we, we also had people from South America. But now you ask that same kid what he is, and he's going to say he's white because that's what the school system has told him. Yeah. You know, so we've gone from ethnic, which is a cultural, more of a cultural identity than it is a, a genetic identity to a total genetic identity. And I think that some people, when they hear this, are just going to blow it off. But it's a, it's a deep conversation in the sense that our DNA now defines our identity, our character 100 percent as compared to cultural DNA is inherited. You don't have a choice in that. But cultural is it's it's inherited from what you grew up with, but it's also a choice. And that concept is this gone when the Internet and the phone came in at that turning point around the year 2000. Ethnicity went out the window and race became the dominant uh, source of self-identification. And I think that's the issue with these kids. They were never raised to consider themselves through an ethnic um, lens uh, perspective lens. Correct. And, you know, if we're really honest with ourselves, the community is is split on these issues, right? There's plenty of Italian-Americans who do yes. support it. but Yes, and Italians are split. And the whole country is split on this thing. What can the Italian-American congressional delegation do to make sure that there is this day on the calendar? Well, let me ask a great question. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Matt Carvinelli, who was, was a brother of mine in Patterson, New Jersey, 
And he put all the Columbus Day events together all through the years and then unfortunately passed last year. So it was almost like Patterson wasn't going to have a Columbus Day celebration. So the mayor called me and he said, look, he says, I know you feel badly about it. What can I do to put it together? And I said, well, we should have remembrance at City Hall, at least, because we used to go a couple of different places and then wind up at City Hall. So let's go to City Hall, raise the flag. But who will come? We only got five days. Well, we both got on the phone. We had about 40 people there. And we raised the flag. And I, you know, in the indigenous days, uh, Italian Heritage Day, I made sure when I spoke, not in defiance, I made sure when I spoke that I talked about Columbus Day and what it meant to me as a kid growing up in the city of Patterson, New Jersey. And I went to all the events before I was elected to anything. I used to go to the events. First, we'd go to the Christopher Columbus housing project, the development. Wow. There was a statue of Columbus there. Then we went to Chianzi Street, the Italian section. We had coffee and cannolis. And then we'd go out and raise the flag right there. And then we would go up to City Hall. We used to go different places. And so we, we had the same thing, but I brought up Columbus. And I said, we, you know, this is not like General Lee, who was a part of the insurrection against the United States, which caused the Civil War. It's a different kind of thing. Yeah, I am not justifying everything Columbus did, but I thought he did more good than, than evil. And I, I think we should not forget the person who discovered, even though other people were here, that's very true. And I think Italians appreciate this. And damn it, I'm not going to let that holiday go. That's why Amadei and I, uh, Mark and I, put the legislation in for this day uh, in the Congress. And uh, we're very proud of what we did. And we're going to continue to do it. And I don't care what that bill says. I'll never vote for it. I know a lot of other people won't either. It's amazing to think that you spent a quarter of a century in the legislature, obviously, even before that, in public service, the mayor of your hometown in Patterson, right. uh, you know, serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. Syndico. 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 That's right. Syndico. Syndico of Patterson. That's right. We got to get you the sash. Yes. Gotta, if, you know, mayor without a sash. That's the Italian way. Uh do you feel like when you get to spend time with the Italian American delegation that you actually get to escape that tension of the hill? Do you feel like it's kind of a place where you do really relax and build relationships? Well, in our uh, attempts, many of them are successful to bring people together who are part of the Italian heritage or who want to be. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, what happens is that they talk to each other. They don't worry about what their monocle is. They don't worry about whether they're Democrats or Republicans. They eat together. They talk together. And, you know, when uh, John Panetta uh, left the government, uh, I threw a party for him as an outstanding Democrat because he was a great statesman. And at the party, we had such a great time. And I say we I would say three quarters of the group was Democrat and one quarter was Republican, you would have never known it. Yeah. I mean, people had laughed and had a great time. 
and John was himself, he's a human being, his humanness comes out of him. Hey, that's what Italians are known for, our humanness. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not so good. <laughs> but the point of the matter is it exists. That is my absolute favorite way to describe Italians. When people ask, what is the secret sauce that makes us who we are? What makes us stay so close to our heritage? It's because we're really human. We're good at being human. We value family, good food, the safety of being together. That's humanity. And you're so right. We don't have a human face on our legislators anymore. And, and we need to yes. because you guys are human beings, you know. Yeah, it's right. That's the dreadful part of being in Congress right now. Yeah. And that is there's very, very little humanness. Yeah. I mean, regardless of whether you're Democrat or Republican, we've had great Republican presidents and great Democratic presidents. But right now, one party is not involved in anything. It's no to everything. And that's not leadership. That's retreat. And I don't want any part of that. And that's not what America is in the first place. Yeah. And like a congressman Amadei said, you know, when an issue comes up that you guys have cause to reach across the aisle based on your Italian heritage, right? Like if he, he said something to the effect of, you know, if I have an issue, I'll never ask Bill or Rosa or anybody on the other side to go against their core principles. But like, if there's something we can work together on and it, and it's important to me or, or vice versa, he goes, and he said, you know, we, we sit down based on our relationship through our heritage. And he goes, we don't have to look at polls or do we test this? He's like, you know, we, we legislate and we do things that are good for the country. And that's 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 how this should right. work. You're right. Yeah, I think that's important. You are so right, John. And you know, the guy that I miss most. I hope it's Pat T. Barry. Besides my own Democratic friends, you know, Mike Capuano and people like yeah. that. I mean, yeah, we talk every just about twice a week. Wow. But it's a fascinating thing to say. I was very close to Pat T. Barry. Yeah. Who was an Italian from Ohio? He introduced me to his family. Yeah. Unfortunately, his mom passed away about eight years ago. Uh, we became very good friends. Yeah, he was a great guy. He was a fantastic guy. And he still is. And he still is. Yeah, and yes. We miss him in Washington. And Pat and I didn't agree on too many things politically. But it really didn't matter because we had a deep respect for each other. And we could work out things Yeah, if left to ourselves, you know? Yeah. We could work them out. And Pat left because of what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, lack of cooperation doesn't just spring up. Yeah. You get, you develop to that point or you, you're underdeveloped. <laughs> That's <laughs> that right. Way. Yeah. Yeah. You devolve. But we got it. We got to come together and find a way to do it as difficult as it might be. There are a lot of people who don't want us to come together. They yeah. love division. Yeah. They sow division, whether it's racial, ethnic ideas, it doesn't matter. But that's not the America I know. The America I know, it goes back to my neighborhood where I grew up, in the streets where I grew up, and, and the love and the dislikes that occurred in those streets. Yeah. And you were willing to defend your turf. That's the way you looked at it. So that's when stereotypes build up when you retreat to your own ego. Wow. And I'm here to do the opposite. And I'm going to fail many times, but damn it, I will be trying to do the best. 
and, t- and, t- and try to get me to believe that it has nothing to do with my Italian heritage, I'll tell you, you're full of it. It has <laughs> a lot to do with my heritage. Yeah, it's so true. So well said. Why don't they just and let Italians it run the be. government? Yeah, just let Italian Americans. It'll be an only <laughs> Italian American Congress. We run one government and we had like 70 governments in like 20 years. <laughs> I mean, true. you want to look back at the old country. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's really the model. We we broke the record. <laughs> yeah, we definitely broke a record. Congressman, as one of your constituents, I want to know if you can confirm the rumor that you were preparing to be primaried by Floyd Vivino. That Uncle Floyd is going to primary you in the next election. <laughs> hey, he's a funny guy. Does a lot of Italian American Patterson jokes. Besides you, he has the Italian face of Patterson. It's true. My buddy Uncle Floyd. Every time I'm in a group, even when I'm in the back and I'm just came, I'm just stopping in to say hello. He always finds me, <laughs> and then I'll start to talk about. Let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> He could fight. He, they ever see him fight in the streets? I says, what the hell is he got to talk about that for? <laughs> <laughs> the people who know you best. Yeah. He is the man who came up with the theory is how can you unite a people who can't even agree on a meatball recipe? That's true. <laughs> That's very deep. Yeah. There should be some type of think tank, a Harvard and Yale think tank. <laughs> The Council on Foreign Relations and how the meatball affects how the right, people right, right, can't, right, right. can't unite. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see the unity that exists in the Italian American congressional delegation. I certainly felt it when I was there. I think the only time I ever felt anything was partisan was the annual bocce tournament. That's when the lines got drawn and you really had to sort of stand up. Oh, wait, wait. I, now, that's one of my favorite activities, bocce. I've won a lot of bocce tournaments. I've seen you. I think we actually played once in the basement of the ambassador's residence, too. Don't they have a bowling alley? I was down. Oh, there a, bowling alley, bowling a bowling alley, bowling alley. Bowling alley. We bowled. We bowling bowled, alley. That was yeah, a bowling, yeah. bowling alley. Yeah, alley. that's right. Yeah. I told them to put a bocce court back. I mean, they got so much lawn there by the ambassador's house. I said, put property. in a bocce court for crying out loud. Spend a few dollars. That's a great idea. Yeah, they need that. Seriously. Spring for the bocce court. The ambassador said to me, then we'll never get you guys will never go home. (laughs) He's probably right. That's a safe bet. You know, Congressman, this has been a a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking time. And uh, really from both of us and from all of us, good luck keeping up the fight because I wouldn't want to be in D.C. right now, but I'm glad that you are. Hey, look, we're trying to educate people. And what better can we educate them about than our ancestors and how they came here and under the conditions they came here and rose above the difficulties. You know, when I go through the Capitol, walk through the Capitol, and I see the the great work of Bermidi, yeah. uh, his work is all over the Capitol, came here with nothing, and he just wanted to paint for the people. Yeah. Any money that he made, he gave away. Wow. He worked on churches in New York. Yep. I mean, why aren't you proud of that? If you're not proud of that, you're dead. Yeah, you're not kidding. Dead. Check out. We got so much to be proud of in this country. And uh, I'm very proud of the fact that the Italian-American congressional delegation is putting aside all the nonsense and working together based on who we are. That's the most important thing we could be doing. So thank you for doing that. Well, hospitality and bridge building, that's what Italians are good at.
<laughs> Amen. Amen. And we're good at a lot of things, too. You're not kidding. Well, thank you, Congressman, for taking time. We really appreciate it. Hey, you know, I want to thank you, and I want to thank John. And uh, Dolores is on the phone, too? No, she's not, but she's uh, she's she's uh, part of the, the program. Well, Patrick is here, and I'm how here, about yes. Anthony Fusano? He's not here. No, him and him, Dolores and Rosella are off today. We take turns because if you put oh, okay. five of us on, nobody can talk. And, and Pat, it was good talking to you. Thank you, Congressman. Like I said, be careful with Floyd. You <laughs> never know. Uh, thanks, Congressman. Hey, great talking to you. Thanks, thanks you Congressman. Guys. Have a good uh, day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Whatever help I can ever be, call on me. Don't hesitate. God bless you. Thank you for that. Thanks, Congressman. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed those two interviews and hopefully some insight into the workings of the Italian-American congressional delegation and the people behind it, and particularly its bipartisan leaders in Congressman Pesquerel and Congressman Amaday. And of all the takeaways that at least I got out of these interviews, I can tell you the most important one was the sense that at the end of the day, no matter what we think of the men and women who have gone into public service and make up our government, the truth of the matter is they too are human beings. And although it's sometimes easy to forget that, like Congressman Pesquerel says, we Italians are really good at being human. And if we can focus on that, and we can put that at the center of who we are in any industry, in particular something like politics, I think it's going to make us better, our community better, and hopefully can be something of an example to the rest of the nation. So most importantly, we hope everybody's gone out and voted today and maybe, just maybe, found these interviews and this episode some much-needed positivity in a conversation that is too often a negative one. So from all of us at the Italian-American Podcast, we say Viva l'Italia, God bless America, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See that you're born in Italy.